Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Saturday morning to me. It's Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny here with you as usual. Saturday morning, 8 to 9, is when we get together and talk about cars for an hour. Well, we talk about cars, we talk about life, we talk about a lot of different things here on 1150 KKNW, uh, your uh, alternative talk station in the Seattle Puget Sound area. From the sound to the mound is, uh, I'm sure, some DJ somewhere in the history of, uh, you know, if the sound being the Puget Sound and the mound being the uh, Mount Rainier. So I'm sure that somebody, or or, or could be Mount uh, Baker, you know, I mean, you have several mountains to choose from here. It's not like you got one, you're stuck with one mountain and you have to do that mountain or else. You have several mountains you can go to. What I like about Baker, though, is that you can drive up to the top of the mountain where uh, it's uh, it's a little rough to do that. You know, there's only so far you can go on Rainier. And then you have to walk up, which for me, you know, I, I'm, a, I, I, I'm a mild hiker. And I really do mean mild. I'm not a big time, you know, get out the spelunking stuff. And and all of that, but I like to I like to walk in the in the woods and nature and you know look at the birds and the bees and the ticks and everything else that you can possibly. I'm a city boy. What can I tell you? I grew up uh, with bus buses in front of my house, going up and down of subways and all of that. And so it's neat to get out and you know see the stuff and go for the hikes. But nature boy, I'm never going to be. It just isn't in the cards for me, at this, especially at this point, you know. But anyway, um, so how was your week? <laughs> uh, I hope you had a good week. Uh, I'm, I'm going to bet you I'm going to throw some money down. It was uh, better than mine uh, uh, so far. Uh, and, of course, we have uh, a little time left to go we have today if you're not doing anything on this beautiful saturday morning you want to go look at some neat cars uh, there's a compilation of cars already uh, out at uh, shoreline um cars and coffee uh, our uh, our good friends there always put on a great show and it's free coffee and uh, ryan uh, harsager and uh, and and everybody that puts that show on um do a great job. There's all variety of different kinds of vehicles there from uh, old military vehicles to Corvettes to, to everything. It's really a great, we're going to have to get out there and um, uh, do a show from there in the next couple of weeks. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll do the first day of summer there because it's just uh it's such a worthwhile community thing you know is people go down they hang out they drink coffee they talk to each other and they interact with each other in these days to get people to interact with each other is is nuts i mean more people interact with each other by by shooting at each other these days than anything else uh so when you can have a a, a community of a, a a group of people that get together and have this common interest in cars. And maybe you, you bring your grandson or your son or your daughter or your granddaughter and, and go and, and walk through and take a look at some of the, uh, the efforts that these people put into their cars. And who knows, maybe you'll uh, turn somebody into a car, a car nut in your family too. And uh, you know, from a pure admiration of what people can do perspective, it's a great uh, a, a event, a great place to go and just uh, enjoy some friendship on a, on a Saturday morning and uh, see some pretty cool cars. So they're out there till 10 o'clock this morning. That's when they kind of wrap things up and uh, move on their way. And there's other cars and coffees. There's a, there's a page on Facebook that if you, if you, if you put in uh, Seattle car shows or something like that, um, there's a there's a page that will advise you as to where uh, a lot of events are, automotive events are around uh, around uh, you know the uh, the Puget Sound area, 
and you get to uh, go out and see them. I know the tracks are open. Uh, uh, Skagit Speedway will be rolling tonight. And um, I, I don't know about anything else, but I know that Skagit will be uh, moving and grooving. I would expect with the weather the way it is that people will be out and about tonight in their uh, beautiful rides, uh, even if they're not so beautiful rides, going out and having some fun. Did you see the end of the Indy 500 last week? Did you uh, happen to catch that? That was a a, a bit of a wild. Um, sorry, I got a little, a little bug in my nose there. Um, that was a a, a wild finish, uh, and certainly, you know, even if you don't watch any other auto races throughout the year, uh, the Indy is always something that. I don't know, it just excites me. Now, I, I watch races throughout the year. Not so much NASCAR. I like Formula One. I like Grand Prix. I like seeing cars that go left and right. I like watching rally. I've, I've kind of gotten into the uh, the women's rally uh, that uh, uh, um, that we talk about. We have some, I have some friends that actually participate in it. Uh, and uh, it's, really, it's, it's really fun to watch, uh, you know, these cars roll through the desert and uh, the different kinds of, uh, of driving techniques and so on and so forth. There's never a dull moment in this kind of stuff. But the Indy 500 uh, last week was uh, probably one of the more interesting um, Indy 500s that, uh, you know, in the last uh, few years. So, it was, um, uh, again, it was, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you can sit there and you can, you know, watch it for, uh, you know, uh, 499 miles. And then all of a sudden, in the last minute, somebody comes along and takes it. And that's exactly uh, what happened. Uh, the 2023 Indy 500 in, uh, at the Brickyard was won by uh, Joseph Newgarden, who had, uh, you know, endured a bunch of... Uh, uh, circumstances in the final 16 laps. He made a nice aggressive move. He passed Marcus Erickson, who was the 22 champion, down a backstretch. And uh, there it was, man. Boom. Uh, first Indy 500 victory, to, uh, Roger Penske's team. It's 19th win. And, <laughs> and he was there drinking the milk. And really, it had been kind of a, not a, I wouldn't call it a boring race because they're not boring, but it was uneventful. It was it was probably what you would expect for the first, uh, you know, 183 laps. Uh, they had a yellow flag and uh, some other stuff going on. But then all of a sudden, in uh, the last few minutes of the race, it really got uh, it really got cooking uh, with a uh, you know a collision. And, and I know there's a lot of people that watch just for the collisions, but nobody was injured with, uh, in this one, knock on wood. And boom, you had a, uh, a red flag set up that caused uh, that whole situation with eight laps remaining. And uh, you got came in and took, took the race. And nice, uh, you know, nice to see. Nice to see a lot of people interested in it, had good numbers. Uh, and uh, the winner got to drink milk, which is what they do in Indianapolis. Why do the winning drivers drink milk? Why is that? I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, <laughs> uh, against my better judgment, I'm going to actually do this and uh, ask Nathan uh, if if he actually knows, because Nathan knows, has such a breadth of knowledge of things, that it wouldn't shock me if he just opened up the microphone and said, well, I'll tell you why, Vinny. Good morning, Nathan. How are you? Good morning, Vinny. Doing excellent. And I just want to go back a little bit earlier into the show when you're talking about from the sound to the mound. I'm surprised you didn't say the pitcher's mound. You could say the pitcher's mound. Yeah, the bump. You could go with that. Uh, anyway, the Indy 500. To, I think that should. Then I think if you like that so much, maybe we should make that our new uh, logo on the show. From the sound to the bound, it's drive time radio. There you go. <laughs> anyway, do you have any idea why? Um, you know, 
they drink milk at the Indy 500 is one of the more interesting quirks in sports. I just think it happens to be something like, you know, somebody does something and it just becomes a viral tradition that happens in the sport. I was looking it up uh, uh, here on the Google that knows. Well, no, don't, don't look it up. Don't, no, 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 don't look it up. Yeah, oh, no. Let's, let's, talk, let's talk about this for a second. Um, actually, uh, it is the uh, – it started back in 1933. So would that give you a, uh, a, a at least a little bit of an idea? 1933. That's way before my time. Ah, okay. Yeah, I, I was figuring that. I guess, well, number one, I guess Indianapolis is a big dairy state. I mean, it's a, a lot of cows in Indianapolis. You ever drive through uh, Indiana? Nope. Not been through there. Drive Actually, through maybe I did. Isn't that really it's close to New York? Well, it's a, little, it's a ways away. So it's like, okay. My geography is horrible. Chicago. Yeah. Oh, it's, south of Chicago. Okay, I think I have been through Indiana. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not hard to go through it. I mean, you got a few different interstates to go through there if you're driving across country. Anyway, it started back in 1933. Lewis Meyer uh, began the tradition of uh, drinking the milk. He sipped in 1933. He sipped from a glass of milk, saying his mother had told him that a glass of buttermilk was the best thing to drink on a hot day. Mm. I don't know that I buy that, but um, I guess, you, you know, you don't want to show your Indianapolis driver drinking beer. So anyway, in 36, after his third win, he was so excited that he just grabbed the bottle. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, you know, back in those days, I mean, everybody did things with their pinky up and, uh, you know, very proper glass of milk, you know, they probably... Uh, get hand him a napkin with it. Well, you know, this country has now abandoned all uh, um, pretense of having class. So now, you know, Meyer is uh, swigging the milk out of the bottle, and a photographer snaps his picture drinking the milk, and it starts tra the tradition. But it took a few years to uh, to do it. In 1956 is when the practice really took hold. Something tells me uh, there was a, um, uh, you know, there was something to do with a little deal with the dairy farmers. I mean, if, if the Indianapolis people or anything like the salesmen in our sales department, uh, I'm sure that uh, somebody sponsored something somewhere, somehow, to get that milk in there. Now, what happens if you're, Lactose intolerant. Oh, I uh, get the soy milk, maybe. I, I, I guess. I mean, that would be kind of a coup, wouldn't it? If like the almond milk, the you know the the, the almond growers got their milk in there, and all of a sudden people are drinking soy milk or uh, almond milk or whatever else they make milk out of. Um, although one year. Uh, you do get a choice. You get a choice of uh, of whole two percent or skim milk. Huh. Interesting. So you get that choice. One year though, um, there was a little bit of a, a coup d'état, if you will, among with the milk. Uh, Emerson Fittipaldi, uh, you know, driver back in the uh, in the nineties, uh, won the race in nineteen ninety three, and he drank orange juice. Uh-oh. I know milk because, and orange juice are both good with breakfast, but... Uh, well, there was a little controversy because he drank the orange juice first, and then he drank the milk on top of the orange juice. Hmm. Now, I got to think on a hot day like it would probably be in Indiana, in Indianapolis on that day, that couldn't have done his stomach any good. No. I'm just, you know, I'm just thinking of the times that I've consumed uh, both uh, at, uh, you know, in close proximity to each other. And it's, it's not been a good result.
I can imagine with all that citric acid and then the base of the milk, it probably doesn't <laughs> blend up very well. Yeah, yeah, it isn't. Uh... Yeah, it, it doesn't seem to be too good. Anyway, he was booed when he did that back in 93. He was, But he was honored by the American Dairy Association of Indiana last year um, for doing that. He was finally, finally everything was forgiven. And, uh, and now, and now uh, everybody's back to drinking regular milk. Uh, they give him special consideration, but right now, it's whole, 2% or skim. That's it. You don't even get buttermilk. I mean, I guess they'll go out and find, you know, run down to the 7-Eleven, I guess, and uh, pick you up. And so what's more interesting here, I find, is that they actually have a chart here of which particular drivers drink which particular milk. Huh. So you could, you know, in, in a... Uh, in, in, in just thinking that we ha- we compartmentalize and statisize many much too much in life, uh, you can now go and look and see that uh, Tony Kinnan drinks whole milk. Um, Marco Andretti drinks whole milk. Um, uh, Roman Grosjean drinks skim milk. I guess you know you're watching your weight in those cars. So anyway. <laughs> Exciting race. Tradition lives on, and uh, and that's a beautiful thing. I like that. I think it's a, uh, you know, it's it's a fun thing, and it's one of those things that I don't think anybody can figure out a way to come up with uh, a politically uh, charged thing about it. I mean, milk is milk. You're going to drink the milk uh, as long as they don't bar you from drinking like the almond milk or this milk or that milk. What harm is it doing anybody? So I don't think we're going to have legions of protesters or anything like that uh, anytime in the near future screaming, oh, my God, we're, somebody's drinking milk here, you know, and uh, we got to save the cows. Because the cows, I think, are happy. I mean, I don't know. I've looked in a couple of cows' eyes when I've seen them getting milked. They seem to be <laughs> happy in the fluid. I, you know, I don't know. I'm not a cow, so I don't really know, but. I'm just saying. So the Indy 500 in the books uh, for another year. Great race. Uh, I have never been, and I am. Uh, I think Nathan, that you and I should probably next year we should make it a, a point to try to try to get somebody to sponsor us on a trip to Indianapolis to see the 500. Hey, maybe we can get a Smith Brothers Farms. There you go. And then we can provide the milk. They used to. Uh, or Carpenito Brothers. I used to take milk from Smith Brothers. Um, a lot. Well, when I was over on KJR, mm-hmm. they used to deliver milk to the studio all the time. Uh, and I love I love milk in a bottle. There is nothing, especially chocolate milk in a bottle. Like a plastic or a carton-type bottle? No, like a, like, a, um, like a bottle, like a regular... Wait a minute. Because I have some people that always debated, like, is it better in a like a cardboard carton or do you get it into plastic? Oh, so a glass bottle. Oh, glass bottle. Glass bottle, the only way to go, man. If I were rich, I would have all my milk delivered in glass bottles. There we go. I think that settles the debate right there. Yeah, Neither I one. Think, go with glass. Yeah, I think the glass, the, the, the whole chocolate milk that you get in a glass bottle is so good. It's like drinking a milkshake, man. Mm. It's just so absolutely good that it really, um, I, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I, I think it's one of the great treats of life is getting that good chocolate milk from those brown cows. Oh, yes. And, you know, I haven't seen any pink cows. Where do they get the strawberry milk from? Oh, there's pink cows. Oh, there are? Okay. Maybe just not in this part of the country. The thing is, is you can't be driving when you see the pink cows. Oh, okay. If you're driving when you see the pink cows, you're in trouble. Gotcha. You're, yeah. You don't You don't want to do that. I'll make notes. So, uh, yeah. So, anyway, what happened to me this week? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Um, I wound up uh, getting into an accident this week. 
which is always a little uh, a little scary when you get. It's been a long time. I mean, a real long time since I've been in an accident. But I was driving up Route Nine, uh, north of uh, of uh, um, Stanwood, and uh, wound up just. I can't really talk about exactly what happened, but let's just say that I got to a very sharp turn in uh, on Route 9, and uh, and the car uh, collided with another car. And everybody's okay. I'm okay. Uh, the other driver was okay. We both did the smart thing, the right thing to do, which was, number one, we pulled off the road, so that we weren't sticking out in the middle of the road. And uh, I immediately got out of the car and walked over to his car. I didn't walk. I actually kind of ran over. And um, and just to make sure he was okay. Because you never know. I mean, uh, it, you know, these days. But all the safety equipment, uh, you know, in the cars now, the, uh, the airbags didn't go off or anything like that. So it wasn't uh, that serious of an accident, but it was enough to wipe out the side of both cars. And, um, it was, uh, it was a scary experience. Like I said, I hadn't been in an accident in a long time, but luckily, uh, the Washington state patrol came along and, uh, got all the information and, uh, recorded it and did a nice job of controlling traffic. A, a, a bunch of really, really nice people stopped uh, to help. I, I was okay. The other guy had a, a, a cut, I guess, for some flying glass or something like that. Uh, so he was, he wasn't hurt bad, but you know, we both were shaken up and, uh, some neighbors came over. I guess one woman was a nurse who lives right on, uh, on that curve. And she came over and, you know, tried to help out, tried to, uh, you know, uh, help help this gentleman out and help me out, and I was I'm just very appreciative of it. It restores your faith in humanity that people just didn't go flying by at sixty miles an hour. Uh, they slowed down. Again, we were smart enough to get the cars the only off of the road. The only thing that, uh, that I was a little upset about, to be honest with you, was the fact that I don't take my own advice. What do I always say? Carry flares in your car. Carry uh uh you know, something that can act as a warning, uh, either a flare or a light or something that you can put out there. Uh, and unfortunately, in my car, I realized that I had used my flares one night and I did not have flares. I hadn't replaced them. And I think it's always good to keep a couple of flares in your car because you never know, especially, uh, you know, this, this accident happened near dusk. So, you know, I, I mean, it, again, if it's dark and you can't see and people come whipping around that turn uh, faster than they should be, and it can, uh, it can result in additional damage and additional heartache uh, than what you have already. So if you're in the, uh, the, the uh, O'Reilly's or the advanced auto parts, uh, pick yourself up a couple of flares Stick them in your uh, in your trunk and keep them in there. You never know when uh, you'll be able to use them, and it's always a always a good thing to have. But uh, you know, everybody seems to be okay. Like I said, uh, the insurance companies will take care of everything. Uh, the Mitsubishi that I was driving that was last year uh, last week's Yovini held up perfectly. You know. Um, it didn't seem to be, I mean, you know, a lot of cosmetic damage, but I didn't see anything, you know, that, that would tell me that, oh my God, it's a total loss or anything like that. No, I think the Mitsubishi held up really well. So I was, uh, I was pleased to see that because it's one of the circumstances we never really get the test cars under. We don't get a chance to, uh, you know, to run them into brick walls or anything like that, uh, which, you know, sometimes I actually think that they ought to let us, uh, you know, take a couple of cars every once in a while and strap in and, and get a feeling for what a collision is at a certain speed. Not fast. I mean, you know, 10, 15 miles an hour, but yet to get an understanding of reaction times and things like that, 
because it changes as you get older. As as time rolls on, you become less able to react quickly to those situations that come up on the road. And uh, the result being, uh, uh, you know, sometimes uh, a collision or something, uh, you know, that uh, that you don't want to happen but can happen. Uh, I actually went and, and drove the route again yesterday uh, just to, you know, to get past it, you know, to, to just to, to get in and go and go by it. And, and that's it, you know, so now I feel – uh, at least, uh, like I don't have any fear built built up or any kind of uh, trouble, you know, built up around uh, around it. I'm 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 good with it. I can uh, get myself back up to speed. Although I got to tell you, all week I was a much. This happened Monday night. I was a much more careful driver all week. I don't think I went over the speed limit once. Uh, it just, you know, when that happens, it shakes you up, uh, a little bit, or at least it does, uh, to me. So I always like to, you know, you got to get your, uh, you know, some people have an answer. Ah, that's it. Boom. They keep going. Um, I, I take it seriously. I want to know why, what happened? Did I do something wrong? Did I cause, you know, you, you, you just want to know about this stuff so you can become, Hopefully a better driver, no matter how old you are, whether you're uh, 21 years old, 25 years old, uh, 50 years old, 65, uh, 70. It's always good to um, to look at honestly and truthfully what caused the accident and what could have you done better. And then you, you learn from that experience, or at least I like to think I have. Uh, this week that I've learned from it. And one more thing before we jump off that uh, that topic, um, kudos to the Washington State Patrol. Uh, the uh, officer that came out, uh, let's see, Ryan Williams, badge number 393, couldn't have handled it better. Uh, professional and got all the information Kept uh, things uh, calm. Made sure that the uh, that you know people's injuries weren't too serious, and really did a did a nice job. Also, the sheriff's department up in uh, Snohomish County uh, again a great job. Uh, they couldn't have done better. And I know they train for this all the time. That's their job. But you like to know that if you have to uh, put this into action. That if uh, you have to get rescued, if you have to get your car uh, pulled out of a ditch or something like that, that they're uh, that they know what they're doing, and uh, every everything worked perfectly. The tow truck uh, place was great, uh, you know, all along all along the board, everything worked out perfectly. And you know something, when you're in that kind of situation, it makes you feel better. When everything works right, when everything works the way it's supposed to, as opposed to, uh, you know, sometimes you get into those situations and you get a bad tow truck driver or a, a, an officer that's mad about something, whatever, you know, um, it was nice. And, and again, like I say, uh, uh, kudos to the officer that was there, did a great job, got all the information, made sure everybody was off the road, that there was no danger to anybody, and uh, got us uh, information exchanged and added it, and even tried to help uh, get the car going, uh, except that my car wouldn't go, because where it hit, it uh, flattened the tire, so I could, couldn't drive it. Anyway, that's the accident experience. Uh, again, remember, flares, keep them in your car if you can. It, it, it's not going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt anybody to uh, to do that. Right, we'll take a quick break here. We will come back. We'll have uh, Yo Vinny and also our cartoon of the week. Boy, this uh, Saturday morning is flying by. Man, can't believe that it's uh, we're already into the second half hour of the show, and uh, we got lots more drive time radio to come. Are you taking a road trip this summer? Are you one of those people that are saying, "I am not sitting in a crowded plane. I'd rather put the kids in the car 
and head out to uh, Glacier or Yellowstone or uh, Yosemite or somewhere where I don't have to sit crowded in a plane for five hours next to somebody who decided that it's their divine right to take their shoes off. Uh-oh. Oh, Lordy. It's Drive Time Radio here on 1150 KKNW. Buckle up for safety. Buckle up. Buckle up for safety. Always buckle up. Pull your seat belt snug. Give an extra tuck. Buckle up for safety. Buckle up. Buckle up for safety. Buckle up. Buckle up for safety, always buckle up. Show the world you care by the belt you wear. Buckle up for safety when you're driving. Buckle up, buckle up for safety, buckle up. Buckle up for safety, always buckle up. Put your mind at ease, tell your riders please. Get your seat belts buckled, everybody buckle up. The National Safety Council says... Seatbelts can and do save lives every day. Buckle up for safety, everybody. Buckle up! Wondering what's on next on Alternative Talk 1150? Check out 1150kknw.com. We're back with you here on a Saturday morning. Good Saturday morning, shaping up to be in Seattle. Welcome to Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny. Uh, we also have our uh, good friend, uh, producer Nathan, along for the ride this morning. Uh, as he is every Saturday morning as well. And um, it's uh, good to uh, always each week check in with Nathan because he has this little thing that he says every week, and it's not really a show if he doesn't say it. Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Oh, Nathan, I thought you'd never ask. What am I driving this week? Oh, Nathan, I got a good one. I got a good one this week, man. I am, uh, I'm, li- I'm living driving, having fun in one of the, certainly one of the best cars I've driven um, all year. And uh, this this vehicle is controversial because some of the people that uh, look at this thing and drive this thing don't like um, the radical change in the BMW that uh, has been foisted upon them. But I have to tell you that the BMW iXM60, which is what I am uh, I am driving this week, is uh, an incredible vehicle. I mean, just from a, a handling standpoint, from a three uh, from a quarter mile time, um, from uh, a technical standpoint, especially this vehicle just does so many things technically, uh, you know, from, uh, the, uh, the, the glass roof that, uh, is like those transition lenses that it shades when it's hot out. So the car is cooler, uh, to all the electronics in the car, uh, that, uh, you know, it's like driving a, a PC. It's really an incredible, it's it's a statement to the achievement of where we're going with cars. I mean, if you think back 100 years ago, we got out of the car with a crank and... And now, uh, this car, as you walk toward it, prepares for you. It adjusts the seat. It adjusts uh, the temperature in the car. It, you don't even have to put the key in the ignition. It just tells who you are by who you are, and you get in. It's comfortable. It's uh, the seats are adjustable and massaging, so that so that you get um, this experience of a luxury car that is far beyond luxury. Really, as a matter of fact, one of the things that I think I, I worry about with cars like this, and I'm glad to see that they have taking steps to mitigate this, but this is the kind of car where you could get into this car, put the massaging seats on, put the heat seat on, and uh, next thing you know, in your mind, you're uh, off to Carolina. Uh, but yet you're still driving up Route 9. And it can be, uh, you know, you can see where 
somebody can get lost in this car. You can see where somebody can be driving in this car and just feel a sense of, uh, of detachment. But the great thing is, is with the, uh, uh, the M60 performance vehicle, you can dial up the attachment very quickly. You can find the right combination, the right numbers for you to make you feel like this car, uh, that you ordered this car this way, that it's built specifically for you and not anybody else. That's one of the, that's one of the great things about this ride. Um, it's a big car. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a 5,000 pound car. It's got a huge battery in it. The battery is slung low to the ground. So it has an interesting uh, driving dynamic to it. It's, um, and it has, again, like, uh, like we said, it has a, a non-traditional BMW grill. It looks different than what it is. Uh, what you normally expect, that kidney-shaped grill, they've taken it to another level. And that thing is a, uh, a turn-on for some people and a turn-off for some people. But uh, this particular car has uh, so many different electronic devices that keep you engaged and keep you interested in the car. Uh, that I, I think, I seriously think if you got in this car every day and drove it, that it would be a couple of years before you would have gone through everything you can do with the car. And just when you think that you did, there's an update that comes along and it changes something in the car. It's, uh, it, it's really a, a technical a technical wonder. It's a, uh, you know, it's a small uh, SUV. Uh, it, it, it doesn't look like any other BMW that you've been, well, maybe, maybe it's got a little bit of the X5 in it, you know, here and there and everywhere. Maybe, maybe there's a little bit of it, but not a lot. Um, it is a comfortable, very comfortable car. Uh, the, uh, the leather that they use inside or the faux leather or whatever it is, is very soft. It's diamond tufted. It's ventilated. It really, it, it doesn't feel like this car's ever going to get hot inside. Uh, so there's a, a, a sense of comfort when you get in the car, when you slide behind the wheel, that comfort is carried to the wheel. It's carried to uh, the way the car conducts itself as far as finding uh, the right settings for you. Uh, again, it's one of those cars that learn you as you drive it so that it adjusts itself to your driving patterns. Uh, so it's, it's really cool. It's a, it's, it's a spacious car. Uh, it does, it is a little slab-sided. It is a little, you know, it's, it's got that little bit of a, of a, a, a bulk to it, but, it is quick, man. Uh, it is just, it is, it's shocking how fast this car will go. Uh, you know, just as you're going up a road or you're, you know, on a, on a track or off on a, on a back road where you know that it's safe to open it up a little bit. It's, it's stunning how quick this car is. And it, it really, again, it attracts attention. When you pull into a, a parking lot with this car, when you pull up to the uh, country club, uh, when you pull up to places where people that have the kind of money that can uh, afford this car, uh, buy a car and operate a car, it grabs you. And it, uh, it really, um, it's, it's, it's big but it drives small. It's big, but it drives tight, uh, playing around with the suspension settings and so on and so forth, which can all be controlled by crystal dials. That's right. They didn't, didn't have step on this one. They went out and they put crystal, even the seat adjuster, 
they've gone to that Mercedes style and on the on the door is like a little crystal slab on each door uh, that represents the seats. You can move those around and uh, a crystal version of the iDrive um, piece that dial that you dial up in a BMW. Uh, first class all the way. Great materials used in the car. Um, really kind of cool, too, in that when you open the door of the car, uh, it's kind of a combination of plastic and uh, carbon fiber and, uh, you know, different materials. I mean, you can see they're using all kinds of space-age materials on this thing uh, to keep this car together. It's a dream to drive. It's fast. It handles beautifully. It has every kind of gadget, driver comfort gadget, that you could think of in this car. And I don't say this often, but I think it's worth every dime of what you pay for for this car. It's got, I think it's 109000 sticker price. And you just, you're moving yourself into uh, a different stratosphere. You're moving yourself into um, a, uh, you know, a, a, a place where, you know, you're not quite Rolls Royce or Bentley, but you're better than a lot of cars. <laughs> You know, and people are, uh, you know, people who drive these cars uh, have, uh, I think, have an appreciation for them. I don't think it's a car you just go and buy it because you need you need a car. You have a, a certain appreciation for a fast car, a well handling car, uh, a car that is uh, going to get you where you want to go in a certain amount of style and a certain amount of dependability. And that's what this uh, BMW uh, brings to you. Uh, as I said, you're, you're at about $109,000 as it sits. The uh, combination of the motors give you 516 horsepower, 611 torque in sport mode, 749 in launch control. I haven't used the launch control yet, but I'm uh, I'm looking quite forward to it. And I, and I will tell you that this car is going to give Tesla, uh, I think, a run for its money. It's tall, but that gives you space inside. It's a little bulky. It's got uh, slabby sides, but that gives you more space to sit. It has, and, and it has rear wheel steering, which I, you know, do you need it? No. Is it nice to have it? Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting. And it really helps the car handle a lot better. Has um, air springs and adaptive shocks that really do a nice job with the suspension. Uh, stiffer in the front. Uh, than in the uh, like the M50, so the 60 really does a nice job, and the single pedal regenerative brake works perfectly. I love it. So that's the uh, that's the Yovini. What are you driving this week? It's a it's a nice ride. Uh, this BMW. I'm enjoying my week with it. We'll get up uh, to the track and uh, play with it a little bit and, and open it up a little bit and see what we got, but. Uh, Again, if you're looking for that luxury, if you're looking for something that's going to uh, get some looks in the parking lot uh, at the uh, the country club when you drop the kids off to school, this is the car you ought to be looking at. <laughs> yeah, that's the BMW uh, iX M60, uh, a spectacular car by BMW. All right, time now for our... Cartoon of the week, our Saturday morning cartoon every week. We bring you a cartoon. Uh, that's a tune about cars or about driving or the driving experience. This one, a great one. I think it's a summer song. I love summer songs, man. Songs that make you feel like it's summer outside when you hear them. This one, uh, I mean, who among us has not cried out shotgun when you're going somewhere? 
taking a road trip, taking a uh, a bit of a trip somewhere. You want to sit in the front seat next to the driver. You call shotgun. Well, George Ezra, a British artist, wrote a song about that. And it's kind of a fun little ditty that talks about riding shotgun. British artist who uh, does some nice uh, pop music, and I, I, I like the song. I like his stuff. I think it's, um, I think that it's, uh, you know, it's poppy and good and kind of feel good kind of music. Uh, and I, you know, uh, we, we need a little bit of that uh, this time of year. So that is Shotgun, and it talks about uh, riding shotgun, which is, I, you know, it's just this is a great time of year because you. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of you are planners. You've already planned your trips. But a lot of people this year are saying, man, do I want to put myself in a plane? And do I want to, uh, you know, do all of this and, and uh, you know, deal with airports and everything like that? More and more people this year are getting out on the road. And they're, you know, uh, either renting a camper or going camping, or hitting the road and staying in uh, motels along the way. But they're doing road trips. Road trips are back, and they're very popular. People are getting back out on the road. I got two two road trips for this summer scheduled already. And um, hopefully I'm going to be able to squeeze a third. And I used to take a long road trip every summer. I mean, I've driven, you know, up, down, north, south, east, west, this way, that way, and circumnavigated the country uh, because uh, I just, it's such a great country to see. There's so many interesting people to uh, see and talk to in this country. And I think that sometimes, you know, taking a a trip like that will... I don't know, make you feel better about America? I don't know. Anyway, uh, a lot of different lists out there of the best road trips to take. Uh, you know, I, my favorite road trip, uh, I still think, uh, number one, is the coast from Washington all the way down. It's, you know, as close as you can keep to the coast, uh, going all the way down as far as San Diego. It's uh, the California coast is so beautiful, so incredible. Uh, there's so many things to stop and not try to do it in, you know, two or three days, but to take your time and to get off and see things like Hearst Castle and Malibu Beach and Half Moon Bay and all these different places that, uh, you know, that that were built. I mean, a lot of these bridges were built in the 30s and the 40s. And it's incredibly uh, another great road trip that you could take. It does involve getting in a plane usually, although um, I might be taking it this year driving back to uh, back east is the Blue Ridge Parkway. It's another, you know, the great thing about the Blue Ridge Parkway and uh, also the Shenandoah National Park which is in Maryland, starts in Maryland and goes down to uh, Georgia, is that this is 432 miles, I think, somewhere in that neighborhood, and the speed limit is like 40 miles an hour. And you don't get bored. There's enough stuff to see. There are enough really cool things along the Blue Ridge Parkway that you can see between wildlife and lakes and lodges. They even have a, uh, a converted gas station uh, that they play um, music in, that like local artists show up at this old gas station and they do shows, concerts every day. And it's run by the National Park Service. And uh, you can you can sit there and, and listen to two songs. You can sit there all day if you want. And it's just one of those things that you go and uh, you see something different. 
And you talk to people and you meet people. You also meet bears sometimes. I met a bear on Blue Ridge Parkway. Uh, I didn't stick around to talk to him, but we had an understanding. I'll get in the car and go uh, and not mess with your territory. You don't rip my head off. And it worked out really good. So you, you get to see that uh, those kinds of things. There's a lot of great apps and a lot of great websites to go on uh, for different road trips. AAA has a lot of really great information uh, on their website. Uh, if you are thinking of doing it in an RV, I wholeheartedly suggest uh, that you look up RV Miles. Uh, these are two people that uh, have traveled in their RV for a few years and uh, seem to have the nuts and bolts of this thing traveling around uh, in an RV pretty well cemented down to where they can tell you what to look for, what to avoid, and what to uh, and what to enjoy. <coughs> Excuse me. Do keep in mind that since the pandemic, uh, uh, campgrounds and things like that have gone up, and camper rentals have gone up. But I will tell you flat out, one of the best trips uh, I ever taken I ever had taken in a summer is. Um, RVing it across Western Canada and just being able to stop anytime we wanted to stop and uh, pull into a, a campground or, uh, you know, in a, into a rest area off the side, you know, wherever and camp out and wake up in the morning. And it was just invigorating. <clears throat> no airports, no plane line, no, no stuffing your butt in a seat. It was just really a lot of fun. You don't need a camper. You can, you know, you can always car camp. There's several ways you can do it. But go on the AAA website. Go on the RV Miles website and and check out some of these other different uh, means of taking a road trip because America is a beautiful place and the road is a great way to see it. On the road, not just from above. All right, that's going to wrap it up this uh, Saturday morning. We thank you so much for making everything happen. Get out on the road and have some fun. Uh, and before you do that, check in with me again next week right here on Drive Time Radio. I will see you at 8 o'clock next Saturday morning if the Lord's willing and the creek don't rise. Thanks to Nathan and everybody else. Have a great week.